We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Shoot the Shot, an NBA and variety show. It is December 10th, 2021. Jonathan Osborne, as always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are you, my friend? What's going on? I'm great. I'm great. We are, uh, you know, like 15, 16 days from Santa Claus uh, coming to town. And um, yeah, I mean, we're just... Have you been naughty or nice? Uh, I've been... Oh no! Don't don't even <laughs> don't even. We're not we're not going there, bro. No, dude. Luke's getting a big old fat sack of coal. Cole yep. Anthony, holler at your boy. Pause. <laughs> big old fat sack of coal, That's and uh, we're gonna lose all of our sponsorships after this uh, episode, Luke. It's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you know the fat man is uh, checking his list. Twice, I hear. Checking it twice. Going to find out if you're, you know, naughty or nice. So, oh. all right, guys. Well, we got a banger for you today, <laughs> Tim the Tapman style. And, uh, yeah, guys. So, later on in the show, we were joined by Kobe Price, who is the new Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Kobe was awesome. It was really, really fun to talk to him. Um, we just wanted, you know, Magic fans to, to get a, a chance to get him to know, you know, get the chance to know him a little bit better now that he's going to be covering the team and traveling with the team. So really, really appreciate Kobe joining Luke. That was a lot of fun, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good time, man. I mean, it's, he's new to the area of Orlando. He was actually in Chicago, um, as we were recording. So, um, going to be joining the team on their next road trip essentially. And, uh, you know, get to experience Orlando, make the move. So, uh, yeah, a lot of fun um, to kind of get in almost an outsider's perspective, right? Just a, a, a hoops head, essentially. Knows a lot about the NBA and uh, just see what his, his thoughts are on the Magic. I'm excited to see if his opinions change on, on certain players and then the guys on the team. It was, a, it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. We'll get to that interview a little bit later. But first, Luke, let's talk a little bit about NBA, uh, about the NBA, rather. So last week we talked about the hottest team in the league at the time, which was the Phoenix Suns, Luke. Mm. Um, people might be surprised to, to find out that the current hottest team in the NBA is none other than the Houston Rockets, who currently sit with a record of 8-16. and 16. It sounds crazy to say that. Um, but yeah, they currently have the longest winning streak in a row at seven straight games. Started the season 1-16, 
and now have won the last seven games in a row, Luke. What do you think? Well, I mean, they're the first team to lose 15 in a row and then rip off, you know, there was six straight, I believe, was essentially the, the most that had ever happened after losing, like, 15 straight. So then they just continue to win, man. I mean, they, they've made the adjustments needed. Um, shout out to the Rockets coaching staff. And, uh, I mean, they, they've they made adjustments, man. And I, I've just kind of observed a few, searched around, kind of saw their rotations and kind of the adjustments they've made, man. It's been uh, – it's it's pretty crazy. I, I, don't, I don't think you win that many in a row – if it's a fluke, right? I mean, they, they're not... I mean, they beat the Nets just recently. So, regardless of who was out, right? I mean, they they beat the the, the Nets with the world kind of watching them. Like, when are oh, the Rockets for sure going to end tonight? And then tonight, as you guys are listening to this, I believe they take on the Bucks tonight. So, and and they're obviously not favored in Vegas' eyes. And so, it'll be interesting. If they beat the Bucks, uh, I'll, I'll be convinced that, that, that they have just kind of figured out a formula there. Yeah, Luke, it's really this weird thing and you, myself and Kevin were talking about this how like is like you just don't see like seven game winning streak flukes if that right. makes sense. Especially from teams that were crappy previously. It's just like you must have figured it out, right? Yeah, like a couple of years ago, you know, the Suns, you know, they go into the bubble just kind of as a, you know, borderline playoff team. They had to they had to go undefeated in the bubble to even have a chance to make the playoffs. And they did just that. And then last season, that turns into an NBA Finals run. So there is something to how you can be really bad, make some adjustments, guys just start hitting their rhythm, and then all of a sudden you're a completely different team. But I do want to bring up this, Luke. Their seven-game winning streak, especially you know four of these games, um, have been kind of against like lower-tier opponents. So mm-hmm. they've had two wins against the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, one win against the Orlando Magic, one win against the Pelicans, but apart from that, they've got wins against the Bulls, um, a win against the Hornets. And then, like you mentioned, they beat the Nets. I do want to mention the Magic, their uh, two-point loss to the um, to the Rockets. That's the closest game the Rockets have had in this uh, seven-game winning streak. So, uh, you know, put some respect on the Orlando Magic. But, I mean, if you just look at them, Luke, the last seven games, they are sixth in overall net rating. They're third in offensive rating. And they are 15th in defensive rating. So really just like this offensive explosion that we've seen now um, that is you know, over the last seven games has made them one of the best teams in the league. So seven game win streak right now, their net rating is 7.2. So that means per 100 possessions, they're winning by 7.2 points per game. They're outscoring their opponents. So, I mean, if you look at their roster, you know, again, we're going just the last seven games, you know, the streak that they're on. They've got, what is it, one, two, three, four, five guys um, that really contributing to this winning streak who are all scoring in double digits. So you've got Kevin Porter coming you know, up the back end. Uh, he's played five of those seven games, but 13.2 points per game. Then you've got Jay Sean Tate, 15.3 points per game. He's averaging five assists and five rebounds. You've got Garrison Matthews, who has been yeah. a revelation. Uh, he's averaging 16 points per game. He's averaging 52% from the floor and 44% from the three-point line. You've got good old Eric Gordon. And when I mean good old, I mean good old <laughs> Eric Gordon. 17 points per game. Again, 51% from the floor, 46% from three, Luke. And then Christian Wood leading all their scores, 18.3 points per game. 49% from the floor, 48% from the three-point line, adding almost 12 rebounds and two blocks a game. 
they're 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 just they're going absolutely crazy right now. The, I haven't yeah. looked at their field goal percentage, but I would assume it's towards the top of the league the last seven games. Right. Uh, go ahead and I'll look at that while uh, while you're going. Uh, you know, doing yeah. your thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, when when a team rips off a win streak like this, most of the time something changed. There's a, a switch that was flipped uh, on the coaching side of things, whatever it may be. The biggest thing I believe is that they have moved moved Christian Wood from power forward most of the time to majority center, right? So he is pretty much full-time in at the center position, it seems. Daniel Tice, who was a, a pickup in the offseason for them that they were excited about as a veteran presence to come in, last three games, DNPs. And, and you know, before that, he was playing between like 18 and 25 minutes a game completely out of the rotation right now the last three games starting with that magic game right and then they beat the pelicans by 10 and they beat the nets last night another dmp against against uh against the nets so uh, that was the one of the things right they're not playing wood much alongside shangun anymore like they are just embracing wood at the center spot i think that has been one of the biggest things and that's really opened up the ways that they could be you know how they can play with guys like Eric Gordon, who the last three games has scored over 20 points in the last three games, which is hilarious. So, I mean, everybody's probably thought Eric Eric Gordon was done. He was just going to be traded off at some point and used as a filler somewhere. And now he's contributing to this seven-game win streak. And so I'm all in on the chaos. I want it to continue. The one thing that is interesting to me, and I'm sure it's just coincidental, it would probably, maybe the streak continues even with them, but they're not having to develop Jalen Green right now. He he played the game, I believe, in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, when they when they beat Chicago um, and then hasn't – because that was the first game of their win streak, correct? Yeah, he, yeah, he's missed the last six games yeah, for them. So, so he played that game against Chicago, and then these last six games he hasn't played, and it hasn't really mattered at all. I mean, they're winning. They, they weren't winning, and I, I don't think – I think there might be you know people who are trolling that might be like – Oh man, look, Jalen Green, I don't know. Is he already a bust? Because look at what the team's success is. There are people like that. I know there's people, rational people listening to this right now, and they're thinking, that is the stupidest thing you've ever said. Nobody says that. I can find you many comments and things <laughs> on Twitter of people who have said this already. Whether it's a troll or not, uh, it, it's it's just not accurate. I think that it does have a lot to do with the fact that Jalen Green isn't requiring run right now. Like the veterans are stepping up, they're in place. I think this would be a great thing if the Rockets are like this long term. But I think once Jalen Green comes back, you're back and kind of like, okay, we got these young guys we need to develop. Sorry, Garrison Matthews and and Eric Gordon. Maybe we'll tone it down a little bit with you guys because these guys need to develop. And I think that you could see a dip when Jalen Green comes back. And it's, I mean, it is what it is. He's learning. And I think that that's really the, the other like hot topic of this streak is like, is that an issue? And I, I, I wholeheartedly think that it's just, it is what it is. Jalen Green's developing. He's 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 got a lot to improve on, and I think that the Rockets are going to do that as opposed to fight for a you know to be in the play-in. Yeah, the second pick in the draft, you're not going to play him uh, because you know you really like what's going on right now with this seven-game win streak. Like, it's not right. like the Rockets are. No one expects them. At least I don't think. Still, I don't expect them to contend for a playoff position. I don't expect them certainly not to contend you, for a you title. You beat the so. Bucks tonight, and I I'm listening. But you're not going to win a title. But I think that you're better than I gave you credit for, despite your win streak. If you can beat the Bucks, um, you know it's at home. It's in Houston. So if they can extend that win streak tonight, I'll I'll start paying even more attention to the Rockets. But yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. So, um, you know, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, you know, little toot toot, just toot my own horn a little bit about Alprin Shengun, okay, mm-hmm. who has been very, very good, uh, you mm-hmm. know, for for the uh, for the Houston Rockets. You know, if you've listened to the Six Man Show at all, last year when we talked about Mobamba, we do like the stat of per thirty six minutes. Uh, yeah. It's not the end all be all. But it is a good indicator of what a guy might be able to do if given more minutes. So uh, right now, uh, Luke, Alprin Shengun, um, per game, I'm not going to go right to his per 36 right now. Um, so right now, per game is averaging, where did I go? I uh, I just had that in front of me, and now I've lost it. 8.5 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 2.6 uh, assists per game. Luke, if we jump to his per 36 minutes, okay, Right now, per 36, averaging 17.2 points per game, 48% from the floor, 35% from the three-point line, um, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and 1.2 blocks per game. Um, Alprin Shengun, I think, is as advertised. He's exactly what I thought he was going to be coming into the draft. Is the shooting going to improve a ton? I don't know. But if he can be a 35 36% three-point shooter for his career, I think the Rockets will take that. You've seen his competitiveness, um, his you know ability to be a, a versatile defender. You've seen some of the playmaking and flashes. Like That kid is a lot of fun to watch. Um, not contributing in a crazy major way, but still contributing to the seven-game win streak and has still been a quality role player uh, for the Houston Rockets. So... I, maybe I was wrong about Franz Wagner. I didn't really know what we were getting, um, but I was right about Alprin Shengun. At least the uh, the early returns tell me that, and I'm you know my confirmation bias. I'll, I'll kind of let that speak for itself. But um, yeah, the Rockets. Uh, I think you're you're right, Luke. They beat the Bucks tonight. Um, it, it's time to start paying attention. Yeah, no doubt. All right, guys, we're going to give a quick shout-out to our patrons here, and then we'll go in and talk a little bit of fantasy football here. So if you guys don't know, uh, we do have a Patreon channel. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six-man show. You can help financially support the show by uh, you know subscribing to one of our three tiers here. So we're going to uh, shout-out all of our patrons like we do each episode. Shout-out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L., Magic Player History, and then Julio. I want to shout out Julio uh, specifically here, Luke. Did you see that in the last couple of weeks, this kid was in Madison Square Garden mm-hmm. when the Magic were last there and got their you know last win over the Knicks? Then he was in Golden State uh, a couple of nights ago when the Magic played the Warriors. And then last night, the kid was in Sacramento to watch the Magic play the Kings. I want to know what Julio does for a living, Luke. It's hard to hide money, ain't it? It's hard to hide money, ain't it? <laughs> So, yeah, no, that, that's, that's awesome. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash wire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Luke, let's talk a little bit about fantasy football. So you and I, you know, the last couple of weeks, we've kind of taken a break from, you know, uh, gambling. We've been losing some money. And we're, it's you know, Christmas time. we got to feed the kids. I you got to buy Christmas gifts buy, and everything like that. So, yeah, we haven't. We, ha- we kind of laid off being degenerates for a little bit. Um, but let, let's go ahead and update um, the folks, you know, in terms of how we're doing in, in our fantasy football league. So you joined um, a dynasty league this yeah. year. It was a new, a new league for you. It was the first time you ever did a dynasty league. Mm-hmm. First of all, what are your thoughts on dynasty leagues now that you're one full season in, and how did you do this season? Uh, trash. Maybe it's different if, 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 like, the rules are different. But, like, I got so many dudes on my roster that I don't even know what's going on. I'll go to try to pick up a player off the waiver wire this year, and uh, he'd already be on someone's roster. And I'm like, how? This guy just, like, an injury just happened. How is this guy already off the waiver wire? So I'm like, oh, yeah, everybody has approximately 100 players on the roster. That's how. So I, I have, I don't even have mixed emotions. I, it's, it, it has rubbed me the wrong way. Um, usually I'm someone who's like super in depth and listen to fantasy podcasts. I'm grabbing guys off waiver wires, you know, based on suggestions, things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I finished the league, uh, the season essentially, I think I was like five and six or something like that. I was one, I was like a half game out of, you know, the, the playoffs. So, so yeah, that, that's kind of how it ended for me. And, uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to have to talk to the commissioner, old commish, see if we can get some things changed about the league. Cause I can't, I don't know if I could do this again. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, me in terms of my fantasy league. So I'm in two separate leagues. One, um, all the barbers at the barbershop that I go to all in the same league. I've been in this league. I think this is my fourth year. Mm. Um, I won the league the first year, uh, the last two years I made the Super Bowl and lost. And I think this is going to be the year that, um, I, I don't make the playoffs. I don't make the Super Bowl, anything like that. Basically Aaron Jones getting hurt, you know, for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks there really hurt me. And then Saquon Barkley as a Giants fan, as a fantasy owner, just really been a disappointment this year uh, and, and just didn't get me to where I thought I was going to go. So I finished that league. Um, this week is going to be my last week. I'm probably going to lose, so I'll probably finish the season six and eight. But then in my other league, which I'm in you know, with a bunch of buddies of mine, Jonathan Taylor fell to me at like the 11th pick or something like that. Yeah. He's been the number one running back you know, since Derrick Henry has gone out. Um, so I went eight and three in the regular season in this league. I scored 1,570 points. So I finished number one in scoring in the entire league. Multiple weeks is the high score. There's a ton of payouts in this league. So I'm walking into uh, the playoffs with at least 250 bucks in my pockets, $150 buy-in. Even if I lose, still making 250 bucks. You can never be mad at that. Uh, mm-hmm. Right now I'm in the second round of the playoffs. So in this league, it's two week playoff rounds each. So I'm two weeks away if I can pull it off. Jonathan Taylor is on a bye week this week. Um, so if I can pull off you know, some type of miracle over the next two weeks and I make it to the Super Bowl, the Colts could not have picked the worst time to have a bye week for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, if I make it to the Super Bowl, I think I'm, I'm guaranteed like another 200 bucks All at right. least. And if I win the Super Bowl, I'm looking at like $1,100 pot, something crazy like that. So all in all... Been a pretty solid fantasy league for me, a uh, fantasy year for me this season. I think this is my fifth straight year, fourth or fifth straight year of making a Super Bowl, or well, if I make the Super Bowl um, in at least one of my leagues. And number one team all year, highest score in the league. I'm going to be 
pissed <laughs> if I don't at least make it to the Super Bowl. That would just you know be ultimate bad luck. So hopefully the team pops off. Hopefully I'm uh, able to make it in there, Luke. So uh, yeah, um, Luke, let's go ahead and have a quick word from our friends at Manscaped, and then we will get into our interview with Kobe Price. Guys, it's holiday season, and you don't know what to get as a gift or a stocking stuffer? Well, today's sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to guarantee you win this year's stocking stuffer or white elephant competition. Manscaped is the leader in men's below-the-waist grooming, and they have served more than 4 million men worldwide. If my math is correct, that's almost 8 million balls. Get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6th. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Ho, 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 fellas. Naughty or nice, tis the season to perform. Here are our picks for Manscaped surefire win stocking stuffers. Number one, the Manscaped 2-in-1 Shampoo Plus Conditioner. Just launched. Kill two birds with one stone. Number two, the Manscaped Cologne Infused Body Wash. Number three, Shears 2.0 Luxury 4-Piece Nail Kit. Number four, Crop Mops Ball Wipes for your stanky balls. Number five, Manscaped Signature Cologne. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free, so you know their products are legit. Make sure you hurry to their site to ensure these wild gifts show up before the holiday season. Whether this is for your partner, dad, brother, friend, get them something that they will actually use, and it's almost sure to get a laugh. So get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com with the code 6. That's S-I-X-T-H at manscaped.com. Be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. All right, guys, we are here with Kobe Price, who has recently started covering the Orlando Magic for the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, Just going to give you guys a quick little bio. So he previously was a sports reporter for the South Florida Sun Sentinel covering the University of Miami Hurricanes, the Miami Heat, Inter-Miami CF, and FAU football. He is a graduate of Northern Illinois University, has held internships with the Chicago Sun-Times and CBS Sports Network. He is from Chicago. So I don't know if you're a Bulls fan, but Kobe Price, how are you, man? I'm well. I'm doing well. Appreciate the intro. Yeah, I, I have done all that. That's crazy to actually say. Yeah, I have <laughs> covered all those teams. And yes, grew up a Bulls fan, uh, but my like overall sports allegiance, you know, I've grown up in multiple places. So it's like kind of kind of changes by the city. Yeah, man. So how, how is that like covering teams? Do you try to like take your fan hat off as much as possible or like us, we're very biased about the magic and we're very unashamed about that. Uh, where, where, how do you feel about that kind of stuff? Yeah, no, I mean, for my position, really take the fan hat off, but that doesn't mean don't be passionate about what you do. Uh, you cannot be a fan, but still be passionate about your work or still be curious about, you know, angles or be curious about players or be like, Hey, I can just be like, Hey, this player's amazing. Like, this player's great. I really like what they, you know, we can dive deeper into it. Like just some inside basketball, but I really like how this, you know, player runs a pick and roll. I like their patience. I like their cadence in certain situations. So you can still like have that attachment, but maybe not be like, when I think fan, I think you're like rooting, yeah. rooting for that. It's like, I'm not really like, not really rooting for it in that sense. Yeah. As a, as a journalist, you know, it's important to try to be as objective as possible. I know that, um, you know, Luke and Kevin would probably like to hear your thoughts about this, but so you just recently were covering, you know, the Miami Hurricanes. What do you think of the head coaching change that happened down there? And then also uh, Luke's Florida Gators. What are your thoughts on, on those hires? Yeah, with Miami, it was honestly, I, 
I got out like right when stuff really got out of control. Like you could kind of feel it towards the end. Like I guess pull back the curtain. My last day at the Sun Sentinel covering Miami Hurricanes was the day after the last game, or like two days after the last game. So you could feel it. I knew stuff was coming. I just didn't know how quick it was going to happen. Nor like if Andy Diaz a- didn't know either. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently yeah, not. Exactly. <laughs> He, there was an awareness. There was like a feeling around the program, like, oh, this may happen, but it was not a definite at all. So just kind of like this, I guess, uneasiness, this, this, this lack of steadiness, like, a, like you, everybody's like, all right, like, right. this is really going to happen. This is really going to happen. Yeah. So, but for Miami, like Crystal Ball, I mean, I, we've been saying his name amongst at least the media crew, whoever. We have been saying his name pretty much since like September, October, just thinking like if they could get their quote unquote guy, like Mario's definitely their guy. Now, whether he want to go, but they're going to give him the money, this resources, et cetera, to attract him. We didn't know that at the time. Clearly and the answer to all those questions are yes. They're going to invest money into him, his coaching staff, into the program to make sure they said, look, we know that you are not, you know, you're not going to come cheap, right? You got to know that we're going to actually be good for real about building this football program up. So we're going to do that. And then for overall athletic program, just getting the Clemson athletic director. It yeah. seems like they've taken a whole entirely different approach to just the infrastructure and how they're trying to build out not just the football program, but the athletics program overall. Like I said, it was a really weird saga because you felt like this uneasiness, which is like, oh, well, <laughs> good. they can get their guy. Like he was right. obviously their, their number one. So if they can get him, then that's what they're going for. Florida. Uh oh. There we go. Tension oh, early. I don't have like anything bad to say about Florida. I mean, I don't, your, your, your hesitance there you know, speaks <laughs> otherwise. I just, I, I knew it had a change had to happen. Like, cause it was weird. Cause that Samford game was happening the same day as Miami, Florida state. I think it actually might've been like the, what a noon or 1 PM, whatever. You might've been a noon kickoff. And I were just we were all just talking like, yeah, Mullen's out. If it's not for this game immediately, then he's gonna right. have to go just because that that situation, you could just see the players. It was it was a wrap for him. He lost that team, he lost that locker room, he lost that program. It was a wrap. And then yeah. I think like he was gone after the Mizzou game. Like I forget, was yeah. it Mizzou? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I like Billy. I, I like uh Napier, right? Billy Napier. I like yeah. him. I think he's gonna do well there. It's just yeah, it seems like it's going to be – it's going to take longer to, you know, get things turned around, I should say. Yeah, yeah. And long, it, I think it, you have to play the long game with him. No, for sure. And I think that Florida fans, uh, myself included, are going to have to get used to, like, very, very mediocre seasons, kind of like we had, like, after 2010, um, and, and give him time to get his guys, right? So that, that's the definitely the thing. I could talk about Billy Napier. I love that dude already. Um, I, I think he's passionate. He's already hit the recruiting trails, you know, day after being on campus. So um, so not enough good things so far to say about him. Hopefully that doesn't change. But, Kobe, I wanted to ask you, you know, we talk about – you said, like, after your introduction, like, man, I have done all those things. What is, like, as far as, like, place to live, um, you know, including your home, What's kind of your favorite spot that you've been so far in your career? Uh, yeah, I mean, the main places I've really been have been both, I guess, Chicago, Chicagoland area, uh, South Florida, and now I'm going to be in Orlando. Honestly, I just had to stay with the hometown, to be honest with you. Yeah. Also, because one, I'll say this, and this is going to sound crazy. It gets way too hot in South Florida. It gets way, like, obscenely hot. 
I'm also a warm body person. Mm -hmm. So from like May to September, maybe like early October, I'm miserable because I'm just walking around just like just sweating, dripping. It's just a disgusting sight. And I, it's just so hard. I'm the type of person who prefers the cold or just mild weather over just hot. Just, and even Orlando is a lot cooler, just more mild than South Florida. So yeah, I'm going to stick with the hometown. Maybe Orlando will change my mind, but right now hometown, uh, where I grew up, that's, that's the place to be. The windy city. So Kobe, I wanted to ask you, you know, obviously, you know, you covered the Miami heat a little bit, had some, you know, exposure down there in, in South Florida. Um, what was it about, um, you know, the job with the Orlando Sentinel to cover the Orlando magic that kind of pulled you away from, from uh, Miami? Was it just the heat? You're like anywhere <laughs> North of here is good. Or uh, what was it about, you know, potentially covering the magic that interests you? To be honest with you, we're what this is December 2021. I made a decision like July 2020 that I I just had to get as far north as possible. Like if I could just move, I was going to incrementally make my way further north with each and every move. Halfway joking, not really. But anyway, um, really, it was more so about opportunity than anything else. Like I was uh, on some great beats down in South Florida, being with other Miami Hurricanes. I was the backup heat rider, had great experiences there. But it was really the opportunity to just be a lead NBA beat writer, you know, for a legacy paper like the Orlando Sentinel. You know, opportunities like that, they don't come very often. Um, and to be and put in the position where that I was, that was, you know, a blessing. And so as soon as the opportunity presented itself to me, I was like, yeah, I'm going after this. No doubt about it. Um, I mean, I'm sure we're going to get into it just like this, specifically the team, what I liked about the team, or maybe not what I liked, but just what I thought about the team when I was taking this job. But the opportunity to be a lead, lead NBA beat writer, which is something I've always wanted to do since I've started my writing career, once the opportunity was there, it was like, all right, I'm going to make this happen. I don't like all the logistical stuff that's going to stress me out from <laughs> the day I move out of my apartment uh, in Pompano Beach to the day I move into my apartment in Orlando. I'm going to have to figure that out. But I knew that was an opportunity that I just could not pass up. Is, is basketball your, your favorite sport to watch? Yes, absolutely. Gotcha. Yeah, hundred percent. What did that look like growing up for you? Uh, I mean, for me, I grew up. You know, at least my dad's side of the family was big on basketball. Um, I'll just name drop him now because yeah, we're on the topic. But my granddad actually played in the league back in the day, in the seventies. Mm-hmm. So, so did so. My granddad and I guess that'd be my great uncle, my granddad's brother. They both played in the league. Uh, like I said, back in the 70s, like 70 to 80 or like 72 to 76, whatever, uh, however long. My granddad played longer than my uncle. So that, I guess, and then my my dad played a little bit in college. My aunt played ball too. So I just grew up in a basketball. I was, I guess, raised by like basketball people, at least on my dad's side. So I played high school. I played as a kid, just really loved the game and just always watched it. You know, I, I think I said this earlier, I grew up a Bulls fan. Uh, my first favorite player was Ben Gordon. I just okay. could not. We had a little know. Ben Gordon uh, stint in Orlando here a few years ago. Didn't <laughs> yeah, go, yeah. Didn't go as well as his bull stint, but. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I forgot about that. And I think part of me, I purposely forgot about that because yeah. I choose not to remember that. I, I think he forgot about that. I think <laughs> if he had a choice. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, no, Ben Gordon, Luol Deng. Uh, I didn't really like Kurt Heinrich until like he came like the second time or he came back like a second stint. Um. 
and like for no good reason besides like I always thought it was like Ben, like I don't know what it was, but I always thought it was like Ben Gordon versus Kirk Henry. Ben was like, no, I'm a Ben Gordon. I'm in the Ben Gordon camp. I, I, I would imagine at the time it wasn't really like that, but if I felt like that as a kid, so I was like, oh, yeah. no, I'm I'm putting my stake in Ben Gordon camp. I am putting it all, all investing all of it right here. I like it. So then obviously you get Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah and then just those guys, those teams. Yeah. But so it was a great to grow up. And then obviously you have the Sky who WNBA champion Chicago Sky right there. The uh, being able to watch them growing up too and just being able to follow them even, you know, to this day. So that's awesome. That's, you know, ball is, you know, basketball has been a big part. And I was talking to friends, I was talking to one of my friends not too long ago. And he was like, man, we were eight years old uh, when we were like in elementary school or whatever. We were eight years old talking ball. So I always knew that you had this passion and, you know, you were going to wind up making this. I was like, yeah, man, it's actually crazy to believe it. But we were like eight years old breaking down basketball during <laughs> recess, like That's extra awesome. seriously for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were like going to be on ESPN, all of us. It was like right there. Have you seen Kirk Heinrich recently? The years uh, have not been kind to my guy. <laughs> He's looking uh, old. I have not seen any of Kirk. I would probably say within like the last three years. Yeah, I think um, when they recently had like the Joe Kim Noah night, uh, in Chicago, they had a bunch of, you know, ex-Bulls come for that. And Kirk Heinrich was at that. And I was like, who's this old guy standing with Joe <laughs> Kim Noah? And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's Kirk Heinrich. Like, he he aged very, very quickly. Because I just remember him, obviously, in the shades. Like, the guy right. looked like he was 23 years old until he retired. And now he looks all of, you know, 40, 45, whatever he is now. So Wait a second. Wait a second. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look this up now because I feel like I know the picture you're talking about. I didn't realize that was him. Yeah, yeah, I felt the oh, same way. No. I, like, I didn't even, I didn't even recognize him. Oh no, yeah. Let me see if I can find this picture real quick. But yeah, yeah, I. Kirk has seen better days, I think. Yeah, yeah. If you if you Google uh, Kirk Heinrich, uh, Joe Kim Noah night, and go to images, there's a picture of just him and Joe Kim together. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's <laughs> tough. <laughs> 2020 was hard on a lot of people, guys. Hard on <laughs> yeah, a lot I was of gonna people. Say, I'm not judging them. Like I, I just didn't know about this. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't know. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. It yeah, he's 40, by the way. Us. Yeah, he's 40. Oh, yeah. So, like I said, it, it was, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, yeah. 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 It happens. It, he, it, happens. He is, it has been a while since I've been around. Like, since I've actually seen him like that. Like, yeah, it makes sense. He yeah. is getting up there. So, I, I mean, yeah, he did look like the same age from the beginning of his career to the end. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm 28. I'm going to be bald soon. So, like, <laughs> you know, just certain things happen to people like that. You just kind of, you just got to, you got, that's the, the hand it, you were dealt, you know? It's right. crazy. Well, yeah. It, it's crazy. It's only been five years since he's been playing. Uh, yeah. 35 is when he retired. I feel like that was so long ago. It, but it, it's probably just because of the drop off that, that happened. He was scoring, you know, single digit points, you know, starting like at age 30. So, but yeah, no, that that's crazy, man. I'm gonna say at least he has his hair. He, he does. He does. He's got that on me. <laughs> I, I might be, I might be, you know, 40 years old looking like Alex Caruso, but I just won't have hair. So we'll kind of we'll we'll kind of see what happens there. But Kobe, let's talk specifically about the Orlando Magic. So um, you kind of alluded to some things that you thought were interesting about the team. You know, when big opportunity for you, but obviously, you know, you, you know, there's some interesting storylines going on with the team. And, you know, the last, you know, I don't know how long you've been paying attention to the Magic, but, you know, covering them very closely the last few weeks. Um, what are your initial thoughts about the Magic? You know, what have you seen? You know, what do you like? Um, what do you think this team can become? Yeah, my initial thoughts kind of lined up with, I guess, more or less with the thoughts I had when I first joined the beat or when I first took over the beat, took the job. 
And that, you know, obviously this is a very young team. This is a very, you know, a team that's trying to get their experience. You know, they're taking their lumps and they're trying to develop these guys from, I mean, I know he's out right now, at least at the time of recording, but, you know, take trying to develop Jalen Suggs, you know, trying to develop Franz Wagner, who's actually been a revelation in many ways. Uh, and just the development that he's even had within whatever, 25-ish games of his NBA career. Uh, you know, taking another step. In, I mean, uh, I know he's not quote unquote a rookie or second year, but taking another step in the development of both Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter Jr. You know, both I think what 2018 draft class. So both both in their fourth year, uh, just trying to get them to another level uh, in their careers. RJ Hampton, another like a, another young guy. I know that they're not quote unquote young guys in the sense that we think, but at least to me, Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac are both young guys, both obviously out and you know expected to return this year. But, uh, I mean, their development is also crucial just to see what they can be long term. So it's just a whole lot of just a whole lot of seeing where this goes. And then obviously got the vets, guys like uh, Gary Harris, Robin Lopez, Terrence Ross. I know Etwan Moore is hurt, but guys like that, seeing how they fit in. So it's just a lot of new and a lot of the new interests me, you know, where this goes from here interests me. That's actually a big reason why I want why this job was so great to me because there's a whole lot of, you know, fresh ground to really build upon. As for where I see this team going, uh, do you mean like this year? Do you mean like, Oh no, no, not this year. Yeah. We know where they're yeah. going this year, right? Yeah. To the lottery, baby. <laughs> yeah. 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 I was about to say, uh, hope you didn't have high expectations. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, long-term. I just, it's very much hedging. I'm sorry, but I need to see more just because I haven't seen Jalen Suggs and Mark Fultz play together like the rest of us, right? Um, it, it's so hard to project this team when, what, three of your top, let's be conservative and say eight players for the future mm-hmm. aren't playing. I said eight conservatively. Like some people may say three of your top five. I'm saying, I'm saying Jalen, Mo, right. uh, not Mo, Jalen, Jonathan, and Markel. Those yeah. three just, they, they haven't, none of them, well, I guess Jalen hasn't played with either Markel or, Jonathan and I mean and no and Jonathan and uh Markel haven't you know played this season they haven't played in a while so right yeah, yeah. I didn't like really sorry to cut you off Luke but I hadn't thought about that like Cole has never played with Jonathan Cole has barely played with Markel so, right yeah it's pretty interesting yeah, yeah. So to me, that's like a lot of it we think about like development in terms of you know, this player getting better, this player doing this, this player doing that, this player adding this. A lot of it, once you get to a certain point, is like, all right, that's great that they're all better, but, like, how does this fit? Like, how do they fit with one another? And, you know, like you said, Cole, he's taking one of the biggest leaps of all these guys from last year's team. But he hasn't, like you said, he hasn't played with uh, Isaac. He hasn't played – he's barely played with Fultz. He's barely played with Jalen. And Jalen hasn't played with uh, either – Right. Uh, and same with Franz. Franz has, hasn't played with either mm-hmm. Markel or Jonathan Isaac. Wendell has not has played yeah. with Jonathan. You know, just like we, you start doing the combinations, you're just like, yeah. yeah, a lot of the most important guys have not. Obviously, Mo has played with, you know, more of them just because he's, you know, been around for a while. But <laughs> quote unquote, a while. Right. But uh yeah, that's just like a part of it. Just part of it, just learning like, all right, how do these pieces fit? But they can't fit until they play together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I was just going to say, you know, not been covering the team very long, but so far, uh, you know, who 
who interests you the most on the magic in terms of maybe play style? Um, because there's a, there's a couple different names you could throw out there right now for different reasons, but you personally, who's kind of the player you've enjoyed watching and getting to learn their game the most. That's actually, Oh, you're going to hurt me with this one. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, cause, okay. So, so the sad part is that, you know, obviously since I've been on the beat, Jalen hasn't played. Right. Okay. Um, so he, I can kind of like eliminate him just off the strength of, I have not seen him play since I've been on the beat. I've seen him play just not since I officially right. joined the beat. Uh, you know, it's really coming down to like two guys for me is Wendell or Franz. Like it, there's well, those two yeah. who are like, I'm going to say Franz right now, but I'm very curious about Wendell uh, as well. Yeah. He's so it, good. Yeah. It's and for Franz. It's, He's better than I thought he would be. This is sorry's career. Uh, yeah. So crafty, so skilled, very poised. He's not in this camp of he's not make he's not he's not like a, a mistake maker in that sense. No. He comes into it like all right. He seems very polished, more polished than I think anybody would have expected to start off. For me, it's okay. How much further can you go? Like, what other treats can you make to your game? So I guess elevate the ceiling or perceived ceiling i thought i had of you because he's already elevated past the ceiling at least ahead of him for this season right. so what more can he add to his game um he's already been at least we're no we're recording i guess i should pull it back the curtain on what december 9th yeah. i think he's had like he's just had what three weeks straight of just being this very consistent very well-rounded player um from a scoring standpoint but a facilitating standpoint defensively he's just you know he's there in a way mm-hmm. that you always don't see from rookies. So for me, I'm just trying to figure out, all right, what, what more is going to come? Like, is he going to be a kind of guy who, you know, is he going to be the kind of guy who doesn't ever truly turn into a, a star or all-star, but can really just be a high-level role player? Like, he's almost going to be like Mikel Bridges in terms of, you know, being a high-level role player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know Mikel Bridges obviously has, you know, time to add more to his game, but I hope you guys get what I'm saying in that sense. Just yeah. be like, oh, this he's going to get paid like extra crazy money just because he is a big wing who can do a lot of different stuff. He's not three and D he is three D plus. Right. Yeah. Or is he going to be like, all right, we're going to take this to another level, like true, you know, all-star. Wendell is to me like almost for the opposite reason I knew, or I feel like I had an idea that he could be this good just because I've been following him back from Chicago days. I follow him back to his Duke days. So I knew the skill was there. It just wasn't ever brought out of him until mm-hmm. this season, really. And even a little bit last season. Now he's being, I guess, being more, just simply being more aggressive to me. Like comparing him to what, how he was, you know, his first two and a half years in Chicago versus how he is now, it's almost like a completely different player from a attack aggression standpoint. So I'm just trying to figure out, all right, you're, you're like, you're being more aggressive. I know yeah. the skill set's there. We're like almost like with Franz, like where else can you take it? Like it's, no more, it's not so much about developing the skill. It's just about how much further can this specific skill set take you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Luke. No, I was just going to say, like, talking about those guys, man, like, there is such a, I mean, just question marks everywhere, right? Wendell coming from Chicago, I think that now he's just got the team chemistry down. I think that they all, you know, truly get along and that they are, are looking out for each other. And maybe, you know, in Chicago, he felt like, you know, um, you know, whether I'm, I'm, I'm getting, you know, maybe screwed over by my coach in terms of, of play and things like that. And, and also just kind of injury, those type of things. I mean, 
now he's just in a rhythm. I mean, he's able to to play alongside these guys that are growing just alongside of him. Uh, and and there's no like star that that is kind of overshadowing what he can do right now. Um, you got Cole scoring 20 points a game right now, but I don't think that he's like a bona fide star, obviously. So so Wendell, man, he he's been great. Franz is his vision. I mean, we've talked about it amongst ourselves and on the pod some. But but Franz's vision, he'll make a pass out of the pick and roll, and I'm like, I that's ridiculous, man. Like just threading the needle to 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 Dell and and doing those things. I mean, they both they look their two man game was great, so I think that's an interesting combination. I thought for sure that you might go Cole or Franz. So, uh, but but Dell's been incredible too. I mean, for from what we thought we were getting with him or what we didn't know about him, he's been uh, he's been a lot of fun to just see develop. All these guys are are taking strides. It seems. Um, for the most part, but, but yeah, it's, I mean, th- those guys are a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. Wendell is a guy that, you know, Kobe, you mentioned this like with Franz and you alluded to it with uh, Wendell is that like, all right, we're seeing what you can do now, but is there another level to get to? Like Wendell right. now is a bona fide double, double machine. I was thinking about it last night. Like I remember, you know, like David Lee playing for the Knicks back in the day. Oh, he's a double, double machine. And he was averaging like 10 and 10. And we thought this was like <laughs> this huge, like revelation in the league. And now you have guys that do it every single year. Um, but yeah, Wendell could, you know, go from being like a 14 and 10 guy. Um, you know, we saw the evolution with Vooch. Wendell started shooting the ball crazy at the beginning of the year. He's come back a little bit down to earth. But if he can ever hover around that like 37, 38% with just like the the pick and pop and the trail threes, like he's a guy that I could definitely see becoming an all-star. And I, with Cole, I am interested in him because he's another guy. Like he's taking a step I did not expect to take. Uh, expect to see him to take. Like I, I saw Cole Anthony last year, and what he's done, and so like across the board as a player has been incredible. Um, maybe it's just because like he's started to do this. Like he's been like this since the beginning of the season. So I'm just kind of like, all right, there's more to it. I'm not sure how much more going to come this year specifically, but there is more to him. Like someone asked me the other night, like you know, could he be a starting point guard? I was like, for on a good team, rather. I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say no. Like, he may not be like, a, he's a starting point guard right now, yes, but talking about on a good team, on the next, you know, the next iteration of the Magic, I don't see why not. I don't see why he couldn't develop that. Like, there are things he needs to tweak and learn and develop, but he absolutely can be. Like, he, but that's something, if you asked me that last year, I've been like, oh, I mean, maybe, possibly, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm just like, no, definitely, he could definitely be that because, oh, yeah. you know, he's playing – at a high level. And I think someone else asked me, like, could he be an all-star? I was like, maybe, possibly. Maybe not like an eight-time all-star, but, you know, if you told me he made two all-star games, you know, in the prime of his career, I'd be like, shoot, makes sense with the way he's developing these past couple of years. Uh, and, yeah, with Wendell, and it's something – like, the shooting, I figured, was going to be there just because of his touch. Um, and yeah. his free throw numbers, they just seemed like – it seemed like he was a guy who could extend the floor uh, – stretch the floor out. If getting an opportunity, what I've noticed a little bit more this year, uh, really not just a little bit more, a lot more, is he's providing a little bit more juice off the bounce. Not like all the time, but just like here and there. I'm like, huh? Did not did not know that was in your bag, Mister uh, Mister Carter <laughs> Junior. Uh, I see it. Like, I, that's something I'm interested in. Like, if he can be a guy who can you know create off the bounce, not like you know put him in the you know free throw on extended and just like have him go to work. But, you know, catch, two dribble pull up, and it's and just like, okay. That's a whole different element to his game that I really didn't expect, you know, 
from him really to be honest like I didn't coming out of school coming out of Duke I did not know he's going to be like that so that was that's another revelation I'm just now I'm curious like all right you can get this two uh, one dribble pull up this two dribble pull up let's see where else you can get can you get a crossover it's like stuff like that and I like a like it's bad podcasting right here like you can't see me but like you know guys like get into their stance and they do like the three dribbles back and forth maybe not like that but you know just a single crossover against a big guy get him a little off balance and just pull up yeah, I think like him extending to the three, like you almost like, four or five times a game, you see the Wendell pump fake. And he's gotten a Brilliant. few guys with that. Like he bodied Cody Martin against the, the Hornets a couple weeks ago with that, like the pump fake. And, and then Cody was just like, all right, you know, not making a business decision here, went up and, you know, paid for it. But <laughs> Kobe, so you're getting ready to, to hit the road here, um, you know, for your first road trip with the Magic pretty soon. Uh, we mm-hmm. talked a little bit about it off air, but like, what what things are you looking most forward to being able to do, like covering an NBA team all the time? Are you looking forward to the travel? Or are you just looking forward to being super close to the team and you know hearing the storylines? What are you looking forward to? Honestly, all of it. Yeah, the travel is great. Uh, honestly, it's just cool. It's at least to me, you know, going to different cities, experiencing different cities, experiencing different environments and areas. But the biggest thing is obviously just being a little bit more in tune with the team. You know, you're they're away from home, they're away from their quote unquote home environments. So just, you know, having a little bit more, I guess, closer access in that sense, you know, away from TV, like, oh, it's just be like, look, it's just going to be, you know, a couple of media members and the team. It's just like, you can get a little bit more of those experiences. You can learn a little bit more from a team when they're away from home than maybe you can when they're at home. So to me, that's one of the biggest pluses and one of the best things about being on the road. You just get a little bit more, you learn a little bit more, you get a little bit closer um, to the team. So that's something I'm really looking forward to. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, we we recently lost one of our uh, the Magic beat writers. Josh Robbins was covering, you know, the team for the Athletic, and now yeah. he's in Washington. So I know a lot of people are really excited to have you here in Orlando. Now that we have someone else on on the on the beat, we're really looking forward to your work. Really uh, looking forward to reading you. Um, yeah, we don't want to take too much of your time here, man. We really really appreciate you coming on the show. It was a lot of fun. You're welcome back anytime. Um, and, and, uh, we have, uh, you know, press passes of our own. So, uh, we'll for sure see you at Amway soon. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see all you guys up in Amway. Thanks for having me on first off. Yeah, yeah no, this is great. Uh, appreciate you guys introducing me to magic fans. <laughs> I can feel the love. I can feel the welcoming. Uh, it's been great. It's been a great, you know, first week and a half about to be two weeks. So we're just getting started. We are just getting started. Dope, man. Well, I hope uh, the rest of the move, you know, moving into Orlando is going to go well for you. I'm sure you're going to learn to love the city. And again, we're really uh, appreciative for you joining the show and, and welcome to Orlando, man. Thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all, y'all, y'all got some muscles. Y'all want to help me move my stuff, get these boxes going? Uh, <laughs> so Luke actually lives in Nebraska. Wow. I live near Tampa and Woo! Kevin lives in Savannah, Georgia. So uh, we're not very close, but magic. Fans I'll hire movers for you, but I, I'm oh, okay. well, thank you, Luke. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. magic fans of listening course. to this podcast at Kobe on Twitter. If you want to help him uh, move into his apartment, <laughs> we, we, that's that's we, we can at least give you something there, Kobe. But, yeah, I'm having like, thank you, man. Thanks for joining people us. Show to my apartment. That's great. That's yeah, great. perfect. You'll get it done like that. Oh, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. that that's right, awesome. Man. Thanks All for having right, me on for real. Thanks, Kobe. Really appreciate it. All right, Magic fans, that was our interview with Kobe Price, the new Orlando Magic beat writer for the Orlando Sentinel. Kobe, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciate your time. Uh, appreciate your insight. We're really looking forward to you know what you're going to do with the Sentinel and, and covering this team. So, folks, 
That is going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to Shoot the Shot, and we will catch you guys next time. See you.